It's Sagewick B. And Jeannie DeMeo. And I guess we're doing our normal podcast introduction this time. Hasn't, haven't done that in a while. Yeah, last time I said my name, someone asked me what they needed me to do or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, when we were getting picking something up from Next Adventure. Yeah. Yeah, nobody understands what your name is, really. No, I, I feel like when I say Jeannie DeMeo, that sounds like a name, like, the guy was like, oh, what do you want me to do? Like, I don't... <laughs> What's your name? Jeannie DeMeo. You want me to what now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and then remember that lady at the, uh, the the cart, the food cart, like had the same name as you, but spelled oh, like the, yeah. the like mystical version of a genie? I yeah. think if it was spelled that way, people would understand it a lot more. But like, you, it still sounds the same, so I don't understand. I don't know. It just sounds weird over the phone, I suppose. Yeah, I guess like my, na- my first and last name put together just sounds like... <laughs> Jumbled. Well, the mayo is kind of like McBee in that it sounds like a joke name. Oh, McBee. <laughs> Yours is just like of the may- of the mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, true. I never actually thought about like I use that as like a joke, but I never actually think that when I say de mayo, people actually like visualize mayonnaise or like I guess when people try to write my last name, they do do they do do, do, do. they do write M A Y O, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. That's not actually how it's spelled. <laughs> I thought that's how it was spelled. Um, well, anyways, we're we're sitting out here on Jeannie's porch this time. Got that nice shitty audio quality, but oh, yeah. I don't know. Might still be good. I also don't know if I need to be this close to the mic or, like, this close to the mic because Sage's voice is a lot louder. My voice is identical no matter where I stand in the room. Uh, it's just a nice, deep, bassy tone. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, uh, Jeannie, you're about to depart on a little road trip of your own, I hear? Of my own, yeah. Oh, yeah, I have to be close. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go to Bend, Oregon tomorrow morning, around there, um, do this thing called, like, Broke, Broke Top Mountain. Broke Top? Broke, I think <laughs> that sounds like a Broke horrible Top. mountain. Broke Top Mountain <laughs> to No Name Lake. <laughs> Jeannie, this, these are fake names. No, you're you're getting screwed over by TikTok. I, I, I didn't find it through TikTok. Mm, I don't know. I, I feel like you got a virus on your computer. No name Lake. That's, I mean, that's called my bathtub. I mean, some people believe that if you say things in your microphone, the CIA or the government is listening to you and will deliberately, the words that you say are keywords to have like, ads show up like on products and yeah. stuff no but that's happened though like uh it happened for my dad oh, he, yeah? he was talking about yeah i don't remember what the product was it was, it was like leg warmers or something and then boom there they were on facebook but like wouldn't that be <laughs> just a coincidence it's kind of a dangerous coincidence genie i think they're i think they're listening because how like fast was the turnover time like he just said leg warmers and then like 30 minutes later or was he like scrolling through <laughs> it and then when you guys no were no talking, it was like same day just same day sort of deal I think that's a coincidence. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that's too weird. Like, I, I think I told you earlier, I've been listening to all the that Edward Snowden stuff about, like, the, you know, the, the CIA surveillance that they do on the on American people and, like, all that stuff, like voice recording. Yeah. It's on. It's never turned off. But I, I also think it could be a subliminal, subliminal, <laughs> <laughs> snowmobile, subliminal, how, how do you say it? Subliminal. Subliminal messaging. Like, what if your dad saw leg warmer, like, an ad for it really earlier in the day before he had the conversation, and then that made it, like, pop up in his mind when he was having a conversation with you, and because it's already, like, appeared on 
his computer. This it's is more just like a bigger a, conspiracy, man. No, like subliminal messaging is a very <laughs> sub sub what? See, this is how they keep us from talking about it. Is they they come up with words that nobody can pronounce. Yeah. And then and then we just can't really speak on it. Yeah, there's another conspiracy. Wow. <laughs> um. Yeah, but that that should be a fun trip though. Um. I mean, you'll only be gone for like. Two days. Uh, two days. <laughs> two days. Yeah. And then I'm leaving on Tuesday just to go to Eugene for two days. Yeah. Yeah. Some nice trips here to get out of Portland for a right. little bit. Get away from all the craziness and yeah. COVID. Do you have anything planned for that? Uh, got nothing. <laughs> just, just going to see some friends. Just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. But, What's in uh, Eugene? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like the, just the U of O campus. Yeah. It's still open apparently. You just can't go inside buildings and stuff. They got that. They got that nice river. Oh wait, that's just the Willamette River, isn't it? It's. I. I, I don't know actually. I don't know if Eugene has a river. Oh no, it definitely okay. has a river because yeah, I always go there right after. Like we we would tour the college and then we'd uh -huh. go swim okay. in the river. Um, but yeah, should be a fun time. Yeah. Well, uh, so we don't really have like a set topic or anything for today. Mm -hmm. We are going to talk about the protests a little bit. Because, you know, that's a big, heavy topic for today. But I think we're going to save it for a different time because we did go to the protests about a week ago. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty interesting what we saw and, like, like what we thought of it. But in terms of our thoughts and, like, the time of night right now, I think we're just going to save it until we have fresher minds. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's just such a heavy topic, like, I have mixed feelings about everything. You know, I've, I've talked about this a lot with other people, my mom, my sister, friends and stuff. It's just, it's like so interesting, but it's also one of those things where you just get stressed out, yeah. you get annoyed, you want to go curl up and not talk about anything else. Yeah, so I guess we'll do something else for tonight yeah. then. Sage, you wanted to talk about like relationships and like what you thought um, good relationships were, like especially at our age and stuff like that? Yeah, um... I've just, I've been thinking, I mean, both of us are recently out of, out of committed relationships. Um, but we're recently in the game. <laughs> <laughs> the positive flip side. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I guess you could say that. Uh, I don't exactly have Tinder or anything. But I thought I, you were going to get it. Uh, maybe, maybe one day. See, so that's actually an interesting thing to talk about, though. Like, uh -huh. Tinder, it's, I mean, it's such a big thing nowadays. Um, but I, I've never really had one. I've kind of just resisted for, I mean, a long time now, because it just seemed really, um, not immoral, but to just me, fake. yeah, yeah, it kind of yeah. felt fake. Yeah. Um, I, I always think it's a little bit of a cheating, like, to use, like, it's not, I don't know if cheating is the way, but, like, like, if you want something real, having something, using Tinder just feels, I don't know, just fake. And yeah, I, I wonder if that goes back to... I mean, this is a stereotype, but it might have some truth in it as well. Just like that stereotype, almost fairy tale fantasy of just like meeting somebody randomly uh -huh. and falling in love through something you're doing together. Like, um, yeah, like a relationship starting in a way that is not purposeful. Mm -hmm. For some reason, at least to me and maybe to you too, it feels like that is more genuine and like yeah. can lead to better places. Yeah. Oh, artificial is a word that I'm thinking. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because. I guess, yeah, you're just, like, on a site surrounded by people who are generally looking for the exact same thing. Right. So, I mean, what do you think? Do you think that can actually lead to the same degree of, like, a healthy, well, you know, I mean, powerful relationship? I mean, based off of my experience, I would say yes. I yeah. don't think that's always the case, mostly because of 
like one our age group and two the majority of the people on tinder right now are looking for just like hookups right because i mean that's also a really big part of culture nowadays like i mean it's always been a thing but would you agree it's definitely accentuated now like especially since social media has been a thing like hookup culture is what i'm what i'm referring to I think that's more not not so much media's doing, but more so just like acceptance hmm. of like people's sexualities. Yeah, you're right. That's that's definitely part of it too. It's just I know like talking to my parents. Not that this is something I've talked to them a whole bunch about, but them and other family friends are always kind of surprised by that kind of culture, especially which, what you find on yeah. college campuses. Where like when they went to college, and when they were around our age. It wasn't unheard of, but it wasn't. It definitely wasn't the norm. Like people were definitely looking for committed relationships back then, yeah. a lot more so. Yeah, for sure, I could see that. Which is so strange. Like you, th- you think it's more tied to that um, opening up of acceptance towards like uh, considering sexuality in not just a long-term way, but like a short-term way. Yeah, I also think it has to do with like feminism in a little bit, in mm. a little ways, because a lot of women in like the fifties or around that time would go to college to find a man to marry. They wouldn't necessarily go to college for a degree while that, while like some do, but the majority, um, like Scripps College is still a woman's college, but there is a lot of stereotypes and um, just like, I guess, jokes or sayings where they would go to college and to and like find a CMC guy to marry. <laughs> like that was a thing that I heard oh, interesting. on the tours. Huh, I, I never heard that. That's I guess I did tour at Scripps yeah. then. But that's really fascinating, actually. I mean, that was definitely a thing that guys did too, but it seems like guys didn't go to college specifically to find that. It was more going to college to get educated and get a really good job, yeah. and then getting the good job is what gets you, right. like, a, you know, a suitable partner. Yeah. Um, and so now I guess, like, like when like, women go to college nowadays, it's not just to find a husband, it's more to, like, get a degree, and then that aspect of relationships changes because they don't need to find that long-term thing right away. Sure. They can focus on their um, career and stuff and have fun, but they don't necessarily have to be on the lookout for a lifetime partner. I mean, I think the same goes for guys as well, though. Um in that maybe it's like a response to what's happening in that regard, like with women. Um, but I mean, when you go to college, I don't know if I've met a single guy who is like, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for the one right now. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like both. I, I knew of one guy who, uh, <laughs> name names. <laughs> well, like, okay, it's a thing, but you, you know, it's like the vast minority, Yeah. especially for people who are going out to parties and doing stuff like that. Like if you're looking for somebody in a romantic sense, there is a extremely, extremely low chance that they're looking for that uh, for, like, a long-term, maybe even marital relationship yeah. goal, um, which definitely is abnormal for, you know, the uh, uh, just, like, American culture thus far, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at the timeline, that's I don't think that's a normal thing. That's something that's very new as in the last, right. you know, 30 years or something, maybe yeah. 40, 50 years. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely, like, a trend where people want to get, like, married later, yeah really why do we need to start it's like also if you get married at our age it's kind of unacceptable to get married like when Mm -hmm. you're 20 yeah i mean especially if you're having kids when you're when you're our age as well 
Because, I mean, that's always been a normal thing, having kids at a really young age. I mean, you go back 500 years, 1,000 years, and people are having kids at age 14 and 15 I mean, getting married. I mean, even 50s, 60 years ago, people, like, were pressured into having kids at our age. Sure, yeah, like just going into college, or at least college age. Yeah, or, I mean, like, you have to start thinking about it at least. Sure, yeah. Um, there definitely isn't that pressure, at least at the type of school we're going to. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it depends like, on the spot. You'd be kind of laughed at, maybe. <laughs> You'd have to, like, defend yourself if... Yeah. yeah, which is, yeah, which is so strange. And then there's also a lot of people who are just not looking for marriage at all in the future. Like, I, I mean, I kind of fell into this category for a while. I'm, I'm kind of unsure now, but, like, I know so many people at school who are like, yeah, I hate marriage. I would never get married. Yeah. Do you too? No, I think... Well, I, I can hear that coming from Pitzer. I don't know why that is, but that's just, like, a very common thing that I can hear a lot of students say. Did you feel that way ever? Because I know I did. Like, what part exactly? Just the... Just being against marriage in any sense, or at least being against marriage for yourself. Like, I was never against marriage as a concept for other people. I never really... Like, I understood where people came from in terms of being against, like, the system and things like that. Yeah. But... Honestly, like, I never had a problem with it. I was like, I mean, if you, like, really want, like, some sort of commitment to someone and, like, have a nice ceremony and, like, to celebrate two people, I don't see what's wrong with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, like, the whole Christian side of it didn't seem like a, too big of a problem either. I mean, nowadays it doesn't really seem like marriage has to be tied with religion, too, so. Yeah, that's a I, good point. Yeah, I don't really, like, think about that mm. as much. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, that is partially what's changed my opinion on it in maybe only the last few months even. Like, when we were still at school before COVID day, yeah. um, I, I think if you'd asked me, I probably would have said, like, yeah, no, totally against marriage, never would even consider it. But, uh, yeah, it's it's just the fact that it really is acceptable to do anything you want with marriage these days, as long as you're not in, like, a certain state that's really oh, still yeah. a, re like, religious-centered state. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, down the, down south or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, like, y you're planning on getting married probably at some point. Probably. Yeah? I think that, like, even though people are like, oh, it shouldn't have to do with, like, governmental benefits. But, like, you do get governmental benefits. <laughs> and why not, like, if you are in a like, community relationship, like, why not? <laughs> sure. I mean, some of those people, I, I think I was one of these people as well, would say, like, why should we have to get married and get uh, governmental benefits only if we get married? Why can't we just, like, have a committed relationship and then get the benefits regardless, mm -hmm. tax benefits? I think the thing is, marriage, because it's so uh, malleable these days, you know, you don't have to have the religious aspect to it if you don't want to. All it really is is saying that you're two people right. who are committed to each other, which basically, like, I know plenty of people who've decided not to get married in their later life, who are practically married. Yeah. Like, they're never going to separate. Yeah. And I think... Like, nowadays, like, marriage is really what you make of it. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people will see it as a piece of paper, and it can change the, like, depending on, like, couple to couple. But mm. really, if you don't want it to be tied to, towards anything that you don't want it to be, you don't really have to. But some people are still kind of wary of it, too. And I don't know if it's just wariness of, um, you know, having the government interfere in your love life or if it's wariness of, like, having uh, the church interfere in your love life or something like that. Um, but, like, just on, uh, you know, in my personal family, I, 
I know people, I know relatives who've decided not to get married yeah. for one reason or another. I mean, my uncle on my dad's side, like him and his, uh, well, not even wife, him and his girlfriend, soulmate, whatever you'd call it, like they've been together for 15 years or something like that. And they've just decided marriage isn't for them. Yeah. Do you but know why? I don't. And that's, I should definitely ask. It's definitely not because they want to keep seeing other people. Yeah. That is a motivation for some people, you know, not wanting to have that uh, in-law monogamy mm -hmm. where you have to actually follow it by a code. But that's the thing is, like, you can be married to someone and still have an open relationship. So, like, it doesn't, mm. like, if you wanted that, you, like, marriage really isn't stopping anything from happening. There's still that stigma attached to it, though. It I depends on the, the state you're in, like, with your friends yeah. and family. But if, like, say you got married and you had friends and family who were, like, decently into marriage, or maybe your extended family was really religious, if you got married and then had an open relationship, I bet there could be some problems. Yeah. Whereas if you didn't get married just because you didn't sign that slip, you know, uh, there might be some just differences of opinion. Even though in reality it doesn't actually mean right. anything. I just don't think everyone agrees with that still. I, I don't know how much that would change, though, because say you were really open and, like, everyone knew you were in an open relationship mm -hmm. and you were married, like, how much difference that would be in terms of, like, you were not married and everyone knew, like, you guys were... Well, I don't think it would make any practical difference. Mm -hmm. I, I'm simply saying I think it would make difference um, to people who believe in traditional marriage. Right. which there's still a large number of people in the United States yeah. and definitely in the world at large who believe in that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I just feel be like the people it. who opt for those versions of living don't usually adhere to the people who are like telling them to do things anyway. Like they, they're not friends with the type of people yeah. who would care. Yeah. That's, a, that's true. That's they're definitely going true. Against the grain. Do you think part of it is symbolic then? Like I've, I've oh yeah, 100%. I've, I think that's the biggest reason on my dad's side. Like, uh, uh, I guess my great uncle, him and his quote-unquote wife did the same thing. Um, they're like total hippies, and I think they chose to avoid marriage more for a sim symbolic reason. Yeah. I know a lot of people nowadays just don't want to do it because they don't think that the defining characteristic of like their relationship has to be like a piece of paper. Right. Which actually, that's what I would say over and over again as well when I was feeling more against it. Um, and I mean, I still understand that, but yeah. I guess the idea is it's not the defining feature. Yeah. It's simply something that, um, if you're religious, it could be more the defining feature. Like it's something that under God, you know, makes so you can't do these certain things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if you're not religious, I, all it, all it seems to get you is some tax benefits, right? Yeah. And like, you know, just like a celebration and like, it's yeah. fun, like. Sure. You get to, I mean, if, like, if you want to have, be, like, surrounded with your friends and family during a, one single day to celebrate, like, you two and have good food and good music and <laughs> laugh yeah. and dance, like, why not? Like, I don't see a problem with that. Yeah. What about, how do you feel about people who, um, like, elope and they have weddings just, you know, off on a boat alone? Yeah, I mean, that's, Just to get like, it signed. Yeah, like, whatever they want. Maybe they don't have, like, a family that like supports them or maybe like they just want to they're like older or something like there's a lot of reasons why people would elope and I think that's totally fair too I think that's what I'll probably end up doing because I'm just not big into those big family celebrations mm -hmm. 
Oh, half of because I don't think I like I would invite most of my family <laughs> to my wedding yeah. if it actually happened. Yeah, um, I kind of do have like a slight like, like oh that is kind of like while I do want it that kind of seems a little bit weird just like <laughs> family all like around. Because and... if it gets too traditional, what I worry about um, is it seems like some marriages become super about the family, mm-hmm. and less it's okay, um, and less about the people actually getting married. Like I've seen certain traditional families where. Like, the bride's mother plans the entire thing or something to, like, make her perfect wedding. Uh, and then... I mean, that's just a problem with the family, though. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely true. That's just what I worry about, like, involving my family, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, I'm sure other people worry, too. Because um, I, I think I'm just much less into the symbolic celebration, because I still have that piece in me that's like, I don't really want the signing the marriage papers and stuff to be like, yeah, that's the best day of my it, life. It sounds like you're just <laughs> against the whole system. You're just like, screw this. Like, I don't want to adhere <laughs> to cold, like, like practices that are just, I don't know, accepted in our culture that I, really yeah. mean nothing. I definitely have that, and I don't even understand why, because I agree with most of the tenets of marriage, even, like, Christian marriage. Not the super, you know, weird ones where it requires the guy to do this, oh, requires yeah. the girl to be this way, but just, like, like, how do you feel about the idea of just having two people together, like, in a committed, long-time relationship? Yeah, that's fine. But, like, do you think that's the way things should be? Do you think that's just one option of many that could lead to people being happy? Yeah, it's the one option of many that can lead to people being happy. Like, I think there's just so many cultural and religious backings that you can't just you can't just abolish marriage <laughs> in total, but... Mm-hmm. But, like, how do you feel about it for yourself? Like, if you envision yourself in the future, even yeah. not that far, like, do you think marriage would be the thing that, like, appealed to you most? Or would you want to, do you I not think, think just you'd... just for me, like, because I enjoy looking, like, since I was young, like, an activity that me and my mom did would be, like, looking at wedding dresses, whether it be through that one reality. Have you heard of it? Like, say Which yes one? to a dress. No, I have not. Like, we just, like, watched all the time or, like, I don't know, just, like, wedding dresses are really pretty, and so I've always, like, wanted to do that, but that's more so, like, I guess, like, you know how when you go to prom, it's kind of like, uh, like a rite of passage, I guess you would call it? Like, that's always kind of what I, like, wanted as a rite of passage. Hmm. I don't know. Do you, do you still kind of feel that way? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Interesting. Yeah, but that, that's I, cool. I'd be okay not having it, I just want... I just want a, I just want a nice, like, it's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I gotta agree I with you, like, though. Wedding. And, like, I want to, like, to have my favorite flowers and, like, favorite color scheme. Like, it's just all <laughs> Hell fun. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. What would your wedding dress look like there? Like, are you going classic, you know, white or whatnot? Or are you going, like, break the norms, you know, big red dress or something like that? My mom always was like, you should get a red dress when you get married. But I don't think so. I really like the, like, either like a white or like an not an off-white but it's like more of a blue grayish kind of whitish color like a more modern like lacy kind of dress hmm. if that makes sense like i still don't know what type of dress but <laughs> you don't need to pick it up yeah, today I <laughs> <laughs> huh uh, i follow some tiktok <laughs> accounts <laughs> like, like related to wedding dresses yeah huh they're pretty fun interesting is it just people like trying them on or making them or something it's like they, it's, like, usually to songs that are more popular on TikTok, and then they, like, that's the thing with TikTok, because you don't have it, 
so I have to explain it to you. Hell yeah, I'm never getting that thing. <laughs> you have, like, trends, and then based on your account theme or, like, I guess what you usually do, you cater that trend to how you usually display to your audience. Right. Um, and so there's this trend right now, like the Taylor Swift trend. <laughs> Um, I, I hate it already. <laughs> Wait, I think I told you about this. No? Oh, okay. Maybe I told someone else. But it's a song. Do you know? Um, it's called. Is it called Romeo? No, it's not called Romeo and Juliet. It's. Um, it's a one that was like. Sh- she like has to get. Like, the guy to propose to her, and then. Jeannie, I have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. No, you got you, If it's a TikTok, you got to describe it in vivid detail, no, man. I, <laughs> I got I got nothing way, to go off of. Too late to think. Yeah, I'll, I, I'll take your word for it. I'm sure half the people listening know exactly what you're talking about and are cursing my name yeah, for not I knowing. Yeah, she's just basically begging the guy to, like, ask her father. For oh, her is it the one that goes, marry me, Juliet? Yeah. Okay, I have I heard that. Oh, is it, it's not you belong with, no, that's something else. I don't know what it's called, but I know the song you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But people just like it's basically a dance video, but then some of them show off I mean, this is more of an opinion, but show off their dicks. <laughs> <laughs> what the guys? Yeah. Why? It's one dance move that like I don't know, kind of thrusts in a way, but I I think it's more just a dance. Oh, I, I think I saw one with like some kids and their dad doing it. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's definitely like a joke that people use it as like a I don't know, but... Weird, man. Yeah. TikTok is bizarre. I'm ready for it to be banned. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> There's some other... Like, that's definitely, like, the annoying part of TikTok is yeah. the trends that you see every time in the same music that's being played. Mm-hmm. But the fun, when you get to a funny one, it's it's pretty good. <laughs> I, I've definitely seen funny stuff. I mean, the stuff you send me is pretty good. Yeah. But uh, you realize if it gets banned, you can just get a VPN that says you're in France or something. Yeah. And then... Yeah, I'm sure that's going to be what happens immediately. But True. Eh, I want the symbolic action. <laughs> we just need um, all of the, the Gen Zers who recently turned 18 to get upset by this and vote against Trump. <laughs> that's what we need to do. Yeah. Um, wait, so how, how do you feel about, um, like, long-term, or even not long-term, just at our age, open relationships in general? Because that's something I've never experienced myself, but, yeah. you know, it's so a big like, thing at Pitzer. So just being in a non-monogamous relationship is what you would qualify as an open or what? I mean, there's a big there's a big diversity of what that can mean, but yeah, non-monogamous, but still with the same person consistently. Either they're your primary person or you have multiple primary people. Yeah. Um, like I, yeah, go for it. I just don't see myself doing that, and maybe that's just because, like. For me to be in a relationship, I have to be, like, with just one person. Mm-hmm. Um, Why is that, do you think? I don't I feel like it's more so, like, I want to say, like, trust, but then I feel like people who are in those types of relationships that are non-monogamous or open, like, definitely have really good trust with each other. I think I think they definitely have trust with each other if it's going to, to last very long. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I have one... Not not a close friend, but a friend of a close friend who's been in a non-monogamous relationship with this guy for maybe a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. And they're like one of the, at least on the surface, like one of the most healthiest couples I know around. Yeah. And they're like dating multiple other people at the same time. Yeah. 
So I think you're right. For, in order for it to work, you have to have some serious trust. But I guess for myself, I just don't necessarily see the appeal of it. Yeah. Like, I... It's a personal thing, too. Right. But I'm, I still want to try to put myself in the shoes of people who do see the appeal. Like, part of it is definitely, like, a sexual side, where you want to be able to, like, exper experiment with different people and not get held down, I suppose, and get bored. Because yeah. I bet you get bored with, with, like, it is true that after a certain amount of time, it can get boring to be with the same person yeah. in a sexual and manner. And I don't think that we've ever experienced that, because it usually happens to, like, married couples who've been married for a really long time. Right. But I, I mean, I'd, st I'd say I still have experienced it to a degree. Not, I mean, not an extreme degree, but, like, I can, I definitely have felt that in the past. Uh -huh. um, I guess in those times, I never felt like, hmm, maybe I, maybe I got to branch out now. You know, like, there's usually another factor at play that you can work on. Because, I mean, sex is the only part of a relationship, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I think for people who do really enjoy those, like non-monogamous forms, I think it's just like being able to keep it fresh with yeah. so many different people. I agree with that. And I think that's where the appeal and like being able to meet your needs if one, like obviously one person can't meet all your needs. Like I, I see how like that's the biggest, one of the biggest arguments for that is that, that you can't just expect one person to meet all your emotional and physical needs. Because oh, which sucks complex, too. Yeah. yeah. Which sucks, considering that, like, I mean, I do think that the best ultimate way to be, like, romantically with somebody is probably to be in, like, a long-term committed relationship with one yeah. person. It's like, you must, you just got to work super hard, like, on the, on the personality sides, the, the emotional sides of things, yeah. if, considering the fact that you can't actually fit each other's needs perfectly. But then, like, you kind of can ask, like, why do you need one person to fit all your needs? Like, what if you... Or the one person you're dating to fit all your needs, because, like, why can't you fit your own needs and hmm. figure yourself out? Well, it depends on if we're talking about, like, personality or sexual or, you know, what aspect of personality. Because, yeah, I think that that's something that I've run into and I'm sure many other people have run into is, like, just relying on one person, the person you're romantically involved in, like, for everything, uh, like, personality-wise, emotionally. Where you gotta, yeah, you're right, you do have to rely on yourself. And you, have, you gotta rely on your friends, too. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I kind of learned in my last relationship, and even the one before it, is I kept being like, eh, I mean, I still have my friends, but, like, I can, I can cancel plans here and there, because I want to I wanna see this one person. Mm -hmm. But you can't really do that. Yeah, like, I agree with you. Because that also, I think, it, I think it makes you get bored quicker, too. I mean, maybe bored isn't even the right term, but, like, like, if you're in a relationship with somebody, isn't it kind of super appealing to just see that person all the oh, time? Yeah, I you know, know what you mean, yeah. yeah, just want to be with them every day. All all the exciting things you do in your life, you want it to be with that person. Yeah. I feel like if you do that, it's so easy to just kind of get into a rut. I see what you mean. Yeah, like you just you want to have space away from each other, so then when you do come back, it's it's exciting and like you have your own life. Not own life, but you have your own, like, experiences away. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think that you necessarily need the same experiences because then you're just the same person. Yeah. And I almost wonder, I, is, I don't even know if it was you who I talked about this with, but I wonder if that's partially why, like, 
when letter writing was a super big thing before social media was around, mm -hmm. it seemed like there were a lot of long distance relationships that actually ended up working out really well yeah. with people, you know, living in different cities. Maybe one person is off at war or something. Yeah. But a lot of those people didn't end up coming back together. Right. My where, um, 10th grade health teacher always praise the relationship of two firefighters mm -hmm. because they would or like one firefighter and like something else or I don't know because of the idea that you would go away to work and then you wouldn't come home for like another 72 hours mm. and so it gives you the space that you need to be your own individual mm -hmm. and you're actually focusing on things that you have to be completely emotionally involved in yeah. not just partially like that's kind of what I was getting to is now that we have social media if you're long distance relationshiping with somebody, you are still talking to them constantly. Yeah. You're not really long distance. You're just like half capacity. Yeah. Because you can talk to somebody over text or over Snapchat as much as you want, but you can't be there physically and you can only be there, you know, 50% emotionally. Mm -hmm. It just feels so hollow having a relationship with somebody where you're only seeing words. Yeah. But like constantly seeing words. Like and I, constantly seeing what they're doing and like yeah and you're sending the same thing i don't know it's just it's a lot of stimulus and just like things like one of my close friends from high school um she's in a relationship with somebody right now from india and i mean she's pretty quarantined he's more quarantined because it's pretty bad in india um and they've decided to not like text at all Wow. or Snapchat at all. They're just, they send letters. Oh. And, yeah, I know, it's actually, like, really sweet. Um, they send letters, and I believe they do FaceTime. But I think, I think FaceTiming is, like, that feels a lot more real. Yeah. You think, you think so, too? Yeah, than, like, texting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I like Definitely texting, texting. But even, like, calling feels weird. When you're having a conversation with someone through call, I just, it feels really, really weird versus mm -hmm. FaceTiming when I can actually see them. Yeah, because it's, it's just like being blind, I guess. You know, you need those facial cues. You need, you need to see somebody, like, smile at you and not just... Like, if there's certain people who have pretty, like, hollow-sounding kind of monotonal tones, mm -hmm. and it sounds like they're always mad at you. <laughs> like, I, I mean, who I was with in a, my last relationship, that was definitely true. But then it, it seems a lot different when you can actually see their face. Yeah. Even if it's pretty fucking grainy. Yeah. <laughs> like, FaceTime does something. It breaks part of that barrier. And then also with texting, it's like you can text, but you also are doing something at the same time usually when you're texting because you're not mm. just going to wait for that reply, you know, because no one does that. You mean like you're texting and you're also busy with something? Yeah, so I mean, you're if, like... you're, if you're waiting for that reply, might as well just call, but then... Hmm. I've definitely done that, though. I mean, there's certain times, especially in the past when I was really into texting, where I would just kind of sit in my room and maybe watch watch a YouTube video or something. Yeah. But but I'd be, like, waiting for the text so but I could immediately text back. But that's what back. I'm saying is, like, you'd be doing something. Hmm. Like, if you, if you both were really wanting to just, like, talk at the same time and not just, like, do anything else, you'd be calling at least, at the very least, then texting. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like, I mean, like, social media really makes it so much easier to communicate, but I'm not sure that it really makes it easier to emotionally connect oh yeah no it seems like it like do you ever get this feeling where because you're able to talk so much and maybe you're texting all day one day if the next day you're not texting all day if they're really busy or if they're just you know taking their time i, I like for me i'll feel kind of stressed yeah. like wait why aren't they 
being yeah. co here constantly. Uh, what are they doing? It's that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's basically just a drug of communication where you're constantly getting stimulated, but it's never very much because texting doesn't really give you very much <laughs> compared to being able to hug somebody and that talk to somebody. That notification, though, that's been like a <sighs> thing that's been studied recently is the mm. notification is like a something in our brain that releases dopamine now and yeah. that's kind of scary. I, I mean, I can feel it. Like, I can even, I can kind of picture and remember what it felt like to, like, get texts from my previous girlfriends. Mm -hmm. Like, they would have, like, a little heart or something next to their name, and whenever it would pop up, I'd be like, ooh. Or, like, whenever you think that you heard a ding or a buzz in your pocket, you you're think like, it's you that. You, like, pull it out fast, and, and then, like, there's nothing on your screen, and then you're like, oh, this sucks. Like, yeah, really... it's, it's kind of more boring now to text yeah. people. Like, I always know, regardless of who I'm texting, I mean, I'm not saying that my friends or even you are boring, but, oh. you know, it's you don't get that same, like, yeah, I, know I don't know, mean. tickle. <laughs> Yeah, of like, ooh, I could be, we could be flirting right now, even though usually it's just some random thing you're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you still get that. Yeah, it's bizarre. Do you think that, because um, I think in my own ways that because of how accessible texting is and just social media and communication is nowadays, that cu communication in real life and relating to people have been dimmed, I guess. Hmm, like when you're actually talking to somebody? Yeah, and interaction, interactions. Hmm, I would, I would need to think about it more. Because I'd say when I'm actually with somebody, I don't feel that at all. Mm -hmm. But it's... like, what about strangers? Hmm. Because I think about that all the time. Like, uh, explain a bit more, give an example or something. Like, I guess when you're waiting for some, like, or something and you're in line and then or you're waiting at a say a dmv or i don't know at a coffee shop and mm -hmm. there's a bunch of people also waiting you you sometimes have like really small talk conversations with someone mm. um but not like enough to actually have a cool conversation and i feel like mm. i feel like because everyone else is either on their phones you can't just interact with people or there i don't know if it's just because, like, I don't want to put myself out there and just talk to people. But I kind of think that because we're so, like, clouded in our own world and, like, our own bubble with our phone that we – it's just – there's a disconnect. Yeah, that's not even related to, like, relationships as much as just, uh, yeah, your need for communication. Mm -hmm. I think – I think part of it is what you were talking about earlier of getting that constant, like, uh, dopamine or serotonin, whatever it is. Like, you're kind of addicted to a communication drug. So when you actually go out into the real world, you don't feel the need to communicate as much. Mm -hmm. And then even when you do feel the need, you're right. Everybody's just kind of on their phones because, like, if you're at a bus stop or something, you're right. I, I would feel awkward to just, like, sit there and stare. Yeah. Like, if somebody else turns on the their phone, you're like, oh, well, I guess I better check it, too, right. even if there's, like, nothing going on. Yeah, and it's it's so weird because if, say, like, okay, I'll use this today as an example. Sure. Um, this guy, t at, like, came up to me at Fred Meyer's, and um, I work on the second floor where there's not food. It's just home products and things like that, and he walks up, and he's like, do you know where the snacks are? And I'm like, like, what kind of snacks? And he's like, 
like maybe Oreos <laughs> or something like that. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's gonna be downstairs or something. Like if I wasn't working, I would have definitely just pulled out my phone and been like, oh my god, this guy just like told me this. Like this is so hilarious. People who aren't necessarily with me at that at that current time, I would just constantly tell them about my weird interactions with people mm. versus me actually like having those interactions and like continuing like like actually having more of a real world experience yeah. with it yeah yeah it's like oh my god this just happened let me just tweet <laughs> about it let me just tell everybody about it because yeah. i could see it like not at work obviously but if i was on a bus and something weird like that would happen i would just tell someone right away i'd be like mm-hmm. sage like this person did this oh my god well and i think a way that that impacts the in-person communication you're talking about and i've noticed this a lot with relationships and friendships alike is i get i finally get to see my friends after a while or i finally get to see my girlfriend or whoever after a while and i realize i don't actually have many stories to tell them because i've told them all over snapchat or over texting like this crazy thing happened to me the other day i start i start telling it and i'm like oh wait i like texted you about that immediately after right or did, did i already tell you this story like I think you're right that because you're able to talk so quickly about anything that goes on, it has like a twofold negative effect. One being you don't experience that instance quite as much because maybe you go on your phone too quick mm-hmm. and then you don't actually live it out. Yeah. And then two, you don't have a story to tell and as much of an experience to have with your friends or your partner when yeah. you get there because all that communication has already been done. Right. And, and if it's you go such back a to brief it, moment too. Yeah. Like the person can only what reply with LOL. Right. Like it's of just asking like questions or And if you bring it back up it feels kind of stale cuz oh, yeah. I mean you can maybe if it's like a really good story yeah. you definitely if it's gossip or something you'll bring it back up but yeah for those brief little things it's just here's the thing that happened let me send you a three word dopamine response and yeah. then boop. <laughs> Which is usually LOL MA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ha ha. Ha. And ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's and all it options. is. And I mean, that's just, it, like, if we want to stay on the topic of relationships, that's like, it plays into relationships a lot. Um, you're just in, in a lot of different doing, ways. You're um, sociology, right, as a major? Yeah, and it'd anthropology, be, but yeah. yeah. It'd be interesting to see, like, what percentage of our texts that we send or we receive are just really those types of responses. Hmm. You mean, like, um, what would you call it? Yeah, I don't know what um, Like the texting lingo. Maybe, like, functional responses, or, uh, I don't just know what curt. else to say, so I'm just gonna say this response. Yeah, yeah, or placeholders. Maybe I'd call so, them yeah. placeholders. Like, it's an acknowledgement of something that you sent me, yeah. but it carries no meaning. Right. Even if it's ha-ha-ha versus ha-ha, it carries no meaning. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it's like measuring the mass of a light particle. Like, it, you just don't even worry about measuring because it almost doesn't exist. Yeah. Because, like, when I receive that back, I have nothing else to say unless I'm still going on with the story. Yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, in most of my relationships thus far, and I mean, this extends to my closer friendships too, like, we always just send each other memes constantly. And, like, especially when apart, that's like half of our relationship. Mm-hmm. It's just, look, here, I found something new on Instagram. Oh, I saw that already, actually. Oh, yeah. I love that part. <laughs> and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you got to it first. Yeah. And then now, and even on Instagram, you don't even have to reply with like the placeholder. You can just double tap what they <sighs> sent, and then that shows 
like acknowledgement. Which is, it's nice in a functional way, yeah. and it's so terrible for encouraging people to have meaningful interactions. Yeah. And I think, like, even meme stuff, I love memes. Memes are great. I'm glad I finally got into them because they're funny as heck, or at least most of the time. And yet, it definitely makes me much less motivated to actually have, like, a deep conversation with somebody. Yeah. Or, I mean, I guess you don't really need a deep conversation out no. of memes, but... <laughs> well, I, I just mean, like, I'm sending memes rather than, um, not that I'm going to write a letter or something, but, like, I don't know, just... Like, when I, even when I'm with my friends or I'm with my partner, like, we talk about memes a fair amount of the time or just some ran, random dumb thing that we saw. Yeah. Versus, like, I've been thinking about this or, you know, do you want to go to the river? Do you want to go to this new place you've never been? Oh, yeah. That's like, true. I don't know if all of those are negative yeah, aspects of yeah. social media on friendships and relationships, but their impacts. Mm -hmm. It just changes the way people interact. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, which, yeah, maybe I should study that. In, for sociology. Yeah. Wasn't there, um, not our class, but the class under us, one of their, like, freshman year seminars was a class on, was it memes or <laughs> emojis or something oh, really stupid like that? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I never saw anything like that, but um, that makes sense. Uh, we've talked about it in our classes before. Mm -hmm. you, you always kind of consider it a joke at first, and then you realize, like, that's like a quarter of the way we communicate with people now. Yeah. Yeah, or or like gifs. Yeah. You know? Gifs. Gif. Fuck off. What? Whatever. Wait, I don't know why I say. I just always correct the person. I always just say the. <laughs> just you say other the opposite. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Ah. Oh man, good to hear somebody's still encouraging meaningful conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not at all. What, what do you think about the dress? Is it yellow or blue? Oh, uh, yeah. Did they say yammy or what was the other one? Yummy or Tammy or something like that. I don't remember that one, but yeah, no, all those things though. That's like, that was those are huge parts of communicative culture for like brief month-long periods, yeah. and then I mean then they just disappeared. But yeah, it's weird Your that it friendship revolved around those stupid things about like <laughs> just perceptions in your like visual senses where you're hearing. Friendships, I wouldn't say they were actually like created and broken, but they, they were, were affected. They were affected. Yeah, or. I mean, I definitely, uh... They just give each other, like, some shit. I remember certain people, like, uh, I, I knew friends in high school who became romantically involved with people in some way, just because they, like, hung out no. a little bit. Not not no, because of the no, dress. No, Not, not because of the dress. I, you don't know what I'm going to say. I, I was going to say, and broke up because of <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, they met at a party and bonded over, like, a type of meme that they liked or something, or maybe, like, probably not the dress or something like okay. that, something controversial, but just, like, I, I really like this dumb aspect of social media. Oh, I really like that, too. Let's oh. bond over it. It has no value, really, but it, like, creates a bond. Yeah. And I think those are actually positive for the most yeah. part. I do, too. Because, I don't know, the type, of, uh, the type of social media that you enjoy... It does actually say a fair amount about your personality. I think it does, too, because there's a lot of different types of humor through memes. Yeah. So if you, like, both like... Because I've seen memes that, one, either I don't get, or two, that I don't find funny, but other people do. Mm -hmm. And that does show a lot of personality through it. Mm -hmm. Like, you never... If you want to have an actual friendship or an actual relationship, you want to distance yourself from that being the center of your relationship yeah. as quickly as possible, yeah, or you will turn into a trash pile. 
because the social media and the internet is a trash pile. Yeah, but, but I mean, any interaction in the beginning with someone is going to be really surface levels anyway. Right, so. and it's actually really useful. Yeah. Like it, I think that's why things like Tinder and just meeting people in general online, like why it yeah. works so well is it lets people meet on a surface level level mm -hmm. extremely easy and it's all socially accepted. Yeah, and then it has potential to like go mm -hmm. in further if you both vibe and like want yeah. to keep going. But like like think about something like Tinder. What do you have on your profile? You have okay, I don't have a Tinder so I might not know everything. But I remember you have like an anthem, like your favorite song or something. Yeah you can. Yeah. Like you can have your Spotify like top like maybe six songs or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um or artists. Mm. Um and then you can have your Instagram pictures it won't connect to your page it just shows your pictures if you choose to hmm. so you can be a little bit anonymous that way right um you can add a bio of course and then but the, bi the, the bio picture. is like the least surface level of all of those things like all of the other ones are just like you know here's a song i like and then if somebody comes across you and is like that's also my favorite artist that could be the thing that draws yeah. you in or I don't know, like, a lot of people do just post the most attractive pictures of themselves as their, like, pictures. Yeah. But it seems like a fair amount of people also post some jokey thing, too. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Or just, like, a druggy pic or, uh, I don't know, just them being a doof doing something. And, like, that can draw you in. Yeah. Even though those are such strange surface-level things, like, it's the sense of humor that gets you. Yeah. Or it's the fact that you also like drugs or something. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like... When I do see, like, someone with, like, a bunch of smoke in their picture, I swipe left. You swipe note. away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I swipe it right immediately. Because, like, that's also, I mean, that's a big thing that I see commonly, and it's a mm. big filter that I can just get out of it. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't see why that's anything wrong with it. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong if you just look at it on a surface level uh, degree. Like... If you just look at Tinder in terms of how many people it brings together every day and every year, it's like the best thing that has yeah. ever been made in the world. Yeah. You know, it's it's bringing everybody together. It's making everybody bang. <laughs> like that's something that I mean that is it's extremely effective. It's just what is it doing to people psychologically? Huh. How is it making you consider your relationships or or even yourself? Like how when you think of how to sell yourself to a person, um, like, what do you think about? Or di would you even think of, like, how to sell yourself to a partner, or, you know, a romantic person otherwise? Like, it's, in my perception, it seems like the best way to get a committed or just, like, a, a really healthy relationship isn't to try to, like, sell yourself like a product. It's to just f come across a random person who likes the parts of you that you don't try to throw out there, like, look, I have a yeah. six-pack. Or, look, I am, I don't know, really strong and into this band. Like, those aren't the things that make a relationship last. Yeah. It's like you work together and, hey, yeah, you have the same sense of humor. It's great. <laughs> or, I don't know. Right. Like, that's not always true. You can definitely happen across people on uh, online sites, too. Yeah. Who I think online sites help you filter out things, but it just still, yeah, feels artificial in the end. Mm -hmm. um, and especially when you are not, like, depending on the site. Yeah. I think it depends on what 
your motivation is for being on the site. Yeah. And then the the majority of motivation that's like known from the site, like how that affects. Like how, what the site is stereotypically yeah. for, like Tinder. It's not really a dating site. Yeah. As much as it wants to be a dating Versus site. Versus like Christian Mingle. <laughs> is, that a, is that a thing? Yeah, you never heard of Christian Mingle? I feel like I've heard of it, but I always thought it was a it was a joke. Well, that's uh, a thing. Oh uh, man, maybe I should do Christian Mingle. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really They're Christian, force but. They're going into um, marriage though. But like, I'm not. Uh, the more I think about it, like, I realize I'm not actually against marriage. I just, I'm against the idea of marriage. But, but that's kind of a childish thing. Force you into religion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's that's a little worse. Or they're going to be like, why were you on this side? Like, they're going to be like, <laughs> this is, like, you're going to get well, into a relationship, and then they're going to, you're going to fall in love, and then <laughs> the biggest downfall is that you were on a site that you, where you shouldn't have been. They're and... not going to get me for that. <laughs> no, get out of here. I mean, like, I'm baptized. I'm technically Christian. I've... I went to Christian camp. I mean, it was... Well, it was. It was. Wait, I thought it was Jewish. No, no, it was, no, it was okay. Episcopal, which okay. is a branch of the Christian church, I think. Dude, I couldn't even describe to you what Episcopalians are. Um, but regardless, like, I don't know. I could see myself marrying or dating or whatever someone who was religious. Mm-hmm. I think that would be totally fine. It's, like, more the idea that doesn't mesh with me. What if they wanted... Like their partner to be religious, would you like be try to be more mm. or like? What? Like if they wanted me to convert to whatever. Not convert, just like try to be more religious. I think that's something I couldn't do because that's just like a basic value of, of mine is like I will not change myself for someone else. Yeah. If it's purely because they want it and not because it's like healthy for both of us. Okay, but what if it was like the situation where they didn't want to change you either, but they were giving you kind of a, more of an ultimatum for them, like for themselves, because they knew that that was important. Um, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't work them. for them in yeah. the long run. Uh, we wouldn't be right for oh, each okay. other. Like, I don't know. That's, that's kind of one of those, like uh, not even being uh, like believing in faith or something, but like thinking that there is somebody who is like right for you in the world you don't have to be religious. That's basically relying on faith. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, do you think that there are, like, there's a such thing as, like, soulmates? Or, like, the, you know, the perfect person out there or something like that? I think, I don't, I would say overall, no. Yeah, like, not, not one perfect person. Yeah. But do you think there's certain people that are, are like, um, like, if, if you were dating someone who was right in every single like little way but then there was one little thing like that that just didn't fit would you be more like it's okay you're not the one or would you be like i don't know i mean everything else is right so i i could change one little thing i mean it depends if it's my deal breaker or not if it's a small thing of course no i don't care yeah well right but i mean i don't know if i would have a deal breaker unless it's like something really big that's everyone's deal breaker like mm-hmm. like you killed someone or like, <laughs> oh, that's a big deal yeah breaker. you know like that like <laughs> those basic kind of things but otherwise i don't think i have a deal breaker hmm. i just think something like religion like it's it's not a deal breaker in that i couldn't do it because i could definitely at least try to be more religious or something like that or you know try to enjoy being around religious people constantly, which, okay, I would, I would get a little tired of after a while. Uh-huh. Um, it's more, I feel just in my soul, like I, this is where the kind of faith part comes in, where I don't have like a rational explanation for this. I feel like that just probably isn't 
the spot I should be in. Like, that's not the person I should be with. Yeah. If something like that yeah. is a factor. Yeah, and that makes sense. You shouldn't have to. But at the same point, what if there's no other person, though, that is like that? Like, there's no telling that I would actually meet the right person after that. I, I so. just don't think that, the, like, what the right person is is strange because hmm. you have ideals of the right person, but in every relationship you're going to have, like, faults and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. I think that it's healthy to have faults anyways, so of what course. reason is a right person? But a fault is different from, like, a, a breaking point fault. Yeah. Like, okay, h- how about this? Do you think the right person, whatever that means, is more based on something concrete? Um, like, you're looking for a person with X personality, X physical characteristics, yada yada. So, like, something concrete? Or is it more based on just your mental state in the given time? I think that when people do say that they think that there is one soulmate for them, it's it's both, like that checks off all of their list of the concreteness mm-hmm. and then once they're in their relationship like they feel something else so it's like a combination mm. but for me because I know that I don't think that there's just like one person for me I would say like that's just not true like hmm. I mean I just think it's so hard to tell because I've definitely been in relationships or you know at least one or two well I've only been in like three or four, or four relationships but I've definitely been in at least one relationship where, like, I found the person way more attractive the more I got to know them. Yeah. So, like, that's definitely more based around my mental state then, because, like, if I just met them and that was all I got, I got one day to experience who they were and how they looked and whatnot, I would have been like, yeah, in a concrete sense, this person doesn't fit me. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, after a while, I don't know if it's you convincing yourself or if it's just, like your personality is meshing so well that, like, your body does just convince you or your mind convinces you, like, damn, I kind of love this person. Yeah. I don't understand that it. humans are very adaptive. And so, like, for me, I feel like, it, I guess this is more about adolescence, but personality changes a lot while you grow up, too. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because I'm just very adaptive or whether that's because, like, I'm, like, growing or whether that's because I'm all a lot on a lot more estrogen than <laughs> have been, but... Um, no, that's, it's all of the above, though. Yeah. I, I'd say the two, the first two, more than the estrogen. <laughs> sure I mean, estrogen impacts you, but it's not, like, changing your whole uh, existence. Genie, is it? <laughs> but, I mean, like, I think that, like, yeah, like, the whole thing about when you meet strangers, you, like, can have qualities that you like about them but then yeah you go more uh, like deeper than surface level and you get to know them which is Mm -hmm. one other thing because I think that everyone has like important things to offer and like that it I don't know I think everyone's really cool in their own way sure um that when you find out about that person it like makes you like that person a lot more but do you think that like I feel like it's just such a non-rational thing like when I'm getting to know somebody I'm definitely thinking after we have a date or something that I'm like, this is what I like, this is what I didn't like. But most of my actual feelings towards them, I couldn't explain on paper. Yeah, oh yeah. Which is bizarre, though. Right. Like, because then you can't really, like, study. I mean, not that, not that love should be scientific, but yeah. because of that, um, because it's so, like, emotional and non-rational, like, there's no way to concretely and certainly say, like, this is the right person for me. Yeah. Which is, I guess, good and bad. It's, it's amazing, because yeah. then you can't really go wrong. 
but also you can't go perfectly right. Yeah, it, it is really weird because then, like, when you think about why you love someone, you can think about the qualities, and of course, like, they're great qualities to admire, but really, like, it's not why, it's not the reason you like or love that one person. Quality never perfectly encapsulates the person, or maybe more so the person doesn't perfectly encapsulate the quality because human language is so simple compared to the actual world we live in that you can't say this person is creative yeah. and suddenly a person hears that and can like sketch a picture of what they look like and how they act. Yeah. Like language is just so simplistic Ooh. compared to how people actually are, you know? Like yeah. if, even if you wrote a book about somebody, I feel like it still wouldn't capture their, their essence. There's no way it could. Because I guess you would be describing, like, adjectives or actions yeah. of the person while you like that, but that's so, I don't know. It, it all feels surface level, no matter how good of yeah. a writer you are. But that's, like, that's how you think, too. I mean, in terms of rational thought, like, you know, trying to f figure things out, it's, we think in words. Yeah. To a degree. The, the only way you can think and not in words is or, emotional. Or in ways to communicate, you think in words to communicate. Because you can yeah. think in, like, emotions and um, pictures and mm -hmm. moods and things like that, but there's no way that another person can feel yeah. the way you're feeling. If you have to explain it to somebody else, you can't really explain. Yeah. It's, yeah, it is a feeling. And so then, do you think that animals that we think, <laughs> <laughs> that we think know how to communicate to each other communicate in sort of a telepath telepathic way where it's they can transmit like feelings like are you saying do they communicate with words or do they just make some noises that evoke a certain feeling and like, the other one understands like what it what if there's a sixth sense where <laughs> they just like dogs do this too where they mm -hmm. can feel our sadness that's true um i you're right it probably is more emotionally based um Okay, this is this is super philosophical, but I definitely remember some random philosopher saying like um, words were the origin of thought. Like you need words in order to think rationally, whereas you don't need words in order to think emotionally. I, who knows if that's true or not? But it seems like other animals maybe aren't on the same level of consciousness as us mm -hmm. because they don't have the same level of like word ability or or maybe it's more we know they're not on the same level of consciousness because they don't have written language they yeah. don't have words they speak yeah in emotions i mean you can you can communicate somebody something oh, yeah. to somebody just in body language and but babies do that all the time sure moms know what's up yeah well <laughs> generally i mean it's hard to tell if a baby's mad or just hungry as shit True. <laughs> but, but that's emotion they're upset yeah they're... you you know what they need yeah maybe which... you you know what types of things they need. Yeah, which is just how animals work. I think it's just they do it all the time. They're super well adapted to that. Right. And also they need less. Like, if a baby monkey's crying, it either needs, like, food or... I don't know. What else would a baby food. monkey need? <laughs> just, like, food, maybe a back rub or something? Maybe if, like, the <laughs> like mother was away or something, the monkey would cry for hmm. it to come back. But that's about it. Humans are just... Humans have such a more complicated lifestyle than any other animal mm -hmm. that c more advanced forms of communication are necessary or we would never get anything done. Right. Well, this yeah. has turned into a conversation that's <laughs> that changed very... and changed and changed <laughs> and we landed on animals. Very philosophical, yeah. yeah. Should probably bring it to a close here. Yeah, um, not get too weird. <laughs> no, no, but any any closing thoughts about 
I don't know, relationships, how it is in the modern day, or I don't know which, what you look forward to going forward? Um, I don't know. I guess I'm, what I took away from this is just try to, like, not instantly go to my phone as much when I hmm. come across, because I know I do that all the time, just because I have really bizarre customers come in all the time and try to live out the moment, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Save some stories for your friends. Yeah. Save some stories for your partners or whoever. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. I don't even know what I would, I would come away with it, like, thinking about most. Just, like, because relationships and love and romance is so confusing and, like, 95% oriented around a non-rational, non-logical side of your mind, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to just kind of let it be a little bit. Like, it's so hard to trust yourself. You know, you meet somebody, you have feelings towards them, and you're like, wait, am I just getting manipulated by this person, or are they actually good for me, and that's why I like them? Yeah. You know, it's hard to trust yourself, but I guess you kind of do at some point. It's really weird, like, what manipulation is. Like, I can never tell if they actually mean manipulation, or if that's just, like, something that occurred, and, like, manipulation itself is a very weird concept to Mm. me. Well, and it doesn't even need to be either intentional on their end or even on their end at all. Like, it, you know, I had this when I first started dating is I really just wanted to be in a relationship. So it was super easy for me to, once I started getting just a little bit attached to somebody, like, basically deify them a bit. Like, make them seem so much more amazing than they actually were. That's what I'm scared of. Yeah. Like, that's why, like, I don't know why I'm scared of that a lot, but I just, like... Well, there's fair reason to be. I mean, I, I don't know if scared is the right, is the right word, because it, you know, yeah, it's not going to go, like, yeah. dangerously wrong, but paranoid, maybe, or... Yeah, I just, like, don't want myself to just, like, fall into the first thing, I guess. Yeah, which is hard. Cause... I just don't want to be a yes type of person, like, yeah. if I see the first thing, it just, like, isn't fair to yourself, I guess. Yeah, it's not fair to yourself. It's not fair to that person. It's not. Can, it sometimes cannot be fair to your friends. You know, I got super obsessed with certain people and like stopped hanging out with my friends a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same point, the scary part is like, you fear, and you fear on both sides of this. Like, if two people are together, both people are fearing this. Is like, if the other person doesn't give back enough, if they're not, you know, putting out or whatever the word is, like as much as me, mm-hmm. maybe that means they're not as into me. So, you know, if you're not being a yes person, if you're not being kind of go with the flow and really into how you're feeling, it's also easy to pull away too far. Yeah. So you got to find that perfect balance of, like, being careful, not going too fast, listening to yourself and your friends, but also not just, like, being so distant that the other person doesn't care about you anymore or yeah. thinks that you aren't interested. Words of wisdom right there. But, like, words of wisdom, but also words of, like, oh, God, how do we do this? Yeah, how do we? <laughs> if, if anyone out there has suggestions. Yeah. Well, I guess that that is the conclusion, though. It's, like, nobody really knows, so listen to people as much as you want. But when you're in the moment, if you're talking to somebody, if you're really getting obsessed with somebody, usually words are not going to matter that much. You know, if you think of a famous quote about love, it's not going to change your mind. That's true. You gotta just go with yourself. And I need my mom to hear that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, stop sending quotes. It's not gonna change my mind. Exactly. It's not gonna change my mood. <laughs> but 
But you know what I'm saying? Like, I guess the good thing about love is unlike something like physical violence, it can hurt you like shit, but in the end it can't really kill you unless it's a domestic violence thing, yeah. which is super unlikely if right. you're, you know, being careful. Right. Like, I think it could be, like, toxic, though, where it doesn't have to be abusive mm-hmm. to the point. Just like, emotionally just toxic? A, yeah. But I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing in the end, if you're able to... Well, you have to um, understand what happened afterwards and, like, learn from it. Mm. I just feel like if you're learning from things, there's very few events that aren't actually beneficial in the end. And that's, I mean, that's one of those things where I kind of am holding on to some sense of faith that that is true. Yeah. Like, because if I don't think that, if I think that there are certain events in your life that have zero positive consequences, like, what's the point, man? I, I just think that, like, even if that's true, I just always fear that it might be not necessarily, like, too late to change anything or to learn from it, but, like, too too just far away for you to actually have an enjoyable time with that new, with, like, that like positive a, consequence. Like, it hurts you so bad that it, it like, kind of scars you for life, yeah. in a way. With, with yeah. that, like, I don't know, maybe it's more of a, like, cr- like a middle-age crisis or whatever age we are. <laughs> At 20 years old. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, Jeannie. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we're, we're becoming adults actually, even though we were 18 for a while. You, you turn 18 and you're a freaking child. Yeah, you're, I think about when you're, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, especially since time is limited. We, you know, we don't live forever. Like, even if, even if a consequence isn't permanent, like, it still affects you for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I think you just got to have faith to some degree. You don't have to be religious. You just have to have faith that that usually won't be the case. Yeah. Most relationships, even if they're bad, they'll be good for you in the end. Most. Unless you get, like, out of it and being, and, like, I think that if you, like, can recognize what was bad, then that's good for you. Yeah. And I think that's always doable. It's just hard. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, If anybody has just got out of a relationship, which is probably a lot of people because it's quarantine and... (laughs) Every every relationship (laughs) I know, pretty much. Has broken, yeah, because of this long-distance stuff. Yeah, if anybody else is going through that, just hang in there. It sucks. It always is going to suck, but... I don't know. It, it really is good in the end for the most part. Yeah. I guess once, like, quarantine is over, over, like, we have vaccines and everyone's vaccinated them, we know that, like, pretty much the majority of our peers are just out and ready to mingle, so we don't have to, like, <laughs> 80, for the most 80% of the world is now single. <laughs> <laughs> when you're going out and you're like, I wonder if that person's single, like, you can just automatically assume, like, there's going to be more people our age who aren't. Yeah. Are based off of <laughs> no, that's actually a great silver lining. Of our friendships <laughs> we've ended, so that's a that's a fantastic silver lining. <laughs> yeah, we're we're it was like a reset button. Yeah. We're about once yeah once there is a vaccine, we're about to just like hit that moment in the Hunger Games where everyone oh, just God. dashes <laughs> towards the center. But yeah. at least in this sense, it won't necessarily be violent. It'll just be steamy, <laughs> romantic. That sounds bad. That sounds. I'm not gonna even say it. Imagine the Hunger Games, but when they make it to the middle, they just start having an orgy. That's what I was thinking, but I wasn't gonna say it. Well, I said it. Everybody <laughs> else, you guys should all start thinking that too. It's uh, it's fantastic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jennifer Lawrence is really attractive. <laughs> okay. We're Anyways. Gonna end it on that. Yeah, we're gonna end it there. Have a have a good week, guys. Bye. See y'all later.